0: Welcome to SoFarscape, a eh, fun-filled Farscape fan cast by a fervent fan, and a frankly fascinated first-timer. I'm
1: Kaki. I'm K, and And this this is the story SoFarscape.
0: Sofarscape. Well, it is very
1: SoFarscape again. Yes. (sighs) Season 3, episode 17, The Choice, we all knew it was coming. (sighs) Hey, actually, in all seriousness, should we do a little sort of content warning? Uh, Because it does deal with some, some heavy themes. Yes. Uh, and I assume that everyone has, has seen it at this point, but this is uh, the episode that does deal with depression for Aaron and the, the, the processing of grief, and even, I think, the consideration of, of self-harm. Uh, yes. And, and,
0: and suicide. suicide, perhaps. Oh, well, well, okay. I guess we've so th- done the content warning here. Yeah, so exactly. Now. Like,
1: if that's, if that's something that you're sensitive to, then, like, brace yourself, but that's what this uh, uh, this episode is about. It's, well... Uh, Let's see what our our listeners think that it's about. Okay, here we go. Here on the emo
0: planet, characters return, or do they? Characters who weren't characters before return, or do they? In this (laughs) pseudo-clip show, an intervention goes bad, assassinations are hard, and Aaron is bidden to start the reactor. Thank you, Matthew B. I
1: like that one. Mom, Dad, this is my boyfriend, Crichton. Yes, he's dead. Okay, he's my dead ghost boyfriend. You hate him. You hated everyone I've dated. That's it. I'm running away. Thanks, Black Rain. Wow.
0: An acting masterclass from Claudia Black gives us ghostly flashbacks and echoes of previous seasons with a reenactment of a choice for added angst. Thank you, Lucy.
1: Oh, yeah. Good point. Uh, and... um. <laughs> Oh, I like this one. A manic bannock and a surprisingly reasonable slug attempt to get a morning friend back aboard the ship, but chaos ensues. As a few unexpected visitors arrive with another slug in a backpack. Thanks, Going Metal 799. Oh, yeah, we've just received a bunch of synopses from uh, uh, Going Metal 799. Oh, excellent. 799. It's almost like 790 from, uh, from Lex.
0: Oh, was that a planet or a... Uh... 790
1: was the robot head.
0: Oh right, yes, him. All night by the Zev
1: I lay, all night by the Zev (laughs) Zev. Very good. Deep cut. We've got to do that as a greatest hiatus one of these days, but in the meantime, this is an episode that that I've been sort of looking forward to and dreading. I didn't really have very clear memories of what happens except for Mm -hmm. some some key imagery. Which is, well, if we jump into the episode. Which is what we start with. One of the most startling images was uh, this sort of goth, run-down, Blade Runner kind of...
0: Yes, my first thought was Commerce Planet, then my second thought was Beggar's Planet, and then it went to Planet of the Dead, basically.
1: Yeah, I think you're right on all of those. I think someone mentions that it's a refugee city. It's the planet Valdon, the planet of the mystics, but yeah, yeah they're all they're all hucksters and schemers, and maybe genuinely, truly transcendental. There's a I don't, I don't know. There's a sort of a
0: well, there's probably a bit of both. You know, there seems yeah. to be uh, there seems to be some genuine articles and a lot of people trying to. Get in on the action, I suppose. We've got Christian Hayes uh, walking around as well, looking brooding in his with his hood uh, pulled over his head.
1: <laughs> yes, I know what you're talking about. That's I, I do think that's actually Erin, Probably in her In her velour hood and a velour gown. I think this is the first time that we've seen her in a dress. She's showing some leg at the, in this mm-hmm. episode. Claudia Black talked about what a... What a weird experience that was after... Like, her her costumes have always had to be very practical because she did a lot of stunts. Her mm-hmm. and Ben both, like, that wearing leather is not just for style. It's also a good way to hide the padding that they need to protect uh, themselves. Yes,
0: and leather itself is a good protector against scuffs and scrapes and exactly. all kind of
1: things. And so to to actually be in a gown was, was quite a choice because she has her hair down, she has some goth makeup suggesting, you know, that she hasn't been sleeping much. And in the middle of this marketplace full of weirdos stands an erpling. He's yes. soaking wet and he's just sort of standing there, saying nothing, and she and she passes by. It's such a striking image. Yeah,
0: it kind of had me wondering. It's like, okay, wait, is this which which John is this? At l- this point, we don't really know yet that this is a planet of the dead and the planet of ghosts and, and such. Yeah. So you're sitting there, like, okay, this is, the, is this uh, the the other John or what's going on here? And I didn't actually recognize uh, that for being Aaron in the robe. I mean, ah. it kind of could have been, but it didn't really click to me that that was actually Aaron.
1: It was well hidden, right? Yeah. Looking back on it, what do you think about the like? Does the does the image of of John like what do you think of about when you see him?
0: Oh, he's it's very much a bewildered looking John standing there wondering if he is now in the afterlife. And this oh, is and, this is, like and this is not what he expected of it.
1: Oh, I like that.
0: That was kind of the thought that went through my head when like when I saw him standing there like that. Maybe this is the the place of souls where they cross over and right. something like that. You know, maybe this is purgatory or
1: Oh, that's fascinating. (laughs) Which it kind of is, you know, honestly, if you think about it. (laughs) I mean, uh, I think the original reading was that this is Aaron's projection of him. Mm. Because this is a very specific moment. This is a moment from uh, a human reaction in season one. Uh When they've gone to what they thought was Earth. Yeah. And, like... That episode was fraught with an unexpected rainstorm. So instead of being, you know, beautiful and sunny, it was incredibly rainy. And the same writer and director team, Rowan Woods and Justin Monjo, were responsible for that episode. But that's the first moment that John and Aaron really sort of connect. Hmm. Right? When yeah. they're when they're on that that fake earth. And so for her to like this may be the first time that she saw John for who he was on earth when he was like sopping wet and, and desperate at the disappointment of returning to his planet and that may be a really iconic memory that she has of him.
0: That makes sense, yeah.
1: Uh, but hang on, was she actually there? Was that or was that fake Aaron? No, that was real Aaron. That was Okay. What happened between them was real. Everyone okay. down went who went down was real except for Dead Rigel.
0: Right. Yes, of course that's yeah, yeah they did uh, and I'm mm. confusing it with the episode where we have uh, Lani Tupu in high heels, but, which is an entirely oh, okay. different... Uh, that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which also, Won't get fooled again. No. Um, yeah, so she immediately gets bothered by one of the, the, the beggar-type people, the, the bleeding-eyed one who we'll see later on in the episode. She fends him off and goes on her way.
1: And we cut to... The command of Talon where everyone left behind is fretting over her. Yes. Uh Krace, Stark, and Rigel are arguing that she's she's gone down there to this this planet Valdon. They're they're extremely worried about her. Stark and Krace are blaming each other for smothering her and that and, and They're both
0: accusing each other as well of
1: like trying to move in on her, I suppose, a little bit. Yeah, uh, and justifiably so. And Rigel, voice of reason, reason Rigel. You stupid, selfish knack Aaron has made it clear she wants nothing to do with any of us. She wants no part of your plan to find Moyer can't
0: and... can't leave her on Veldon. Well He's, He's just incredible. kind of fed up with it, I guess.
1: Yeah. He's sort of like Chiana on the party planet, explaining mm. to them to, no... She's escaping from you. Yes, both of you. Both (laughs) of you, yeah.
0: She just does not want to be here. We can see that she's moved into Starbucks apartment on uh, New (laughs) Caprica. Sick that Star Galactica
1: reference, <laughs> yeah. bro. Oh, I'm going all over the place with the references this time. <laughs> I mean, it's great, right? You've got neon outside. You've got these searchlights coming from below. That must be so annoying, how,
0: like having a searchlight like that sweep in through your window like every thirty seconds.
1: I guess that's why it's such a cheap apartment in that a rundown makes hotel. Sense, yeah, and she's. I mean, she's she's doing this wonderful thing. She's sitting on the on the edge of the balcony, just throwing bottles of felip uh, nectar over mm. the edge. Oh, yes, another callback to a human reaction. Oh, yeah. Where he gives her beer for the first time. And she says, oh, it tastes just like felip nectar. So that's what she's drinking now. Yeah. Possibly in more
0: memory uh, type things, yes. She's clearly not having a good time.
1: No, it's not specifically said that she's that she's contemplating self harm, but she's holding this uh, uh, this weapon. There's a yes. she's sitting on the ledge. So I'm not entirely sure how that goes because at this
0: point, like, yeah, she's clearly making a choice, and then she walks up to the uh, spiritual switchboard, which is cleverly disguised as a payphone. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, dial nine for ghost, and tells uh, them that she wants uh, someone on the other side that she wants to get in
1: touch with a deceased person, and. Well, presumably she's speaking with like the hotel manager who offered to put her in oh, touch with no, a psychic. I, I, like my, I like my, thoughts <laughs> okay, about that better, yes. because she she asked to speak to Talon Lichak,
0: right? Which is it, that? I mean, it's it, it's a bit of a fake out, I suppose, but it did catch me off guard because you'd like the obvious choice would be like that. She wants to talk to
1: Crichton, yeah, uh, but no, she wants to speak to her dead father. Who, as we're reminded in the sort of flashback, that as a child she was visited by her mother, and she later learned that that had consequences. That her mother had to uh, make a choice between killing Aaron and killing her father, mm. as a sort of brutal proof of loyalty.
0: Yes, a way to redeem herself from having a child out of wedlock or out of out of orders.
1: Yeah, or out of love. Yeah, as as was the case.
0: Yeah. So after the break, we get our first uh, of many uh, flashbacks where she sees John. This time uh, in the guise of him on the planet on the other side of the time anomaly, or was it was it a wormhole? It was the one that opened only once every uh, yeah. fifty cycles on the other side, and it like every few arns on this side.
1: That was in when, the locket.
0: Yes, when Talon was caught in some sort of ty- uh, a web type thing, and it was slowly encroaching on them, and they had to get a way out. Uh, Sorry, it was Moya, not Talon, of course. Very good, very good.
1: Yeah, a sort of timeline which was supposedly erased. Yes, which she apparently still remembers. At the end, they opened the locket and it was dust inside and they were both very confused and they had no idea. And we were supposed to, like, it was all gone. But apparently, like... This is where my my hypothesis that the John that she sees is actually her own memory Mm. kind of already falls apart, because she couldn't have remembered this. Unless she does? Unless there is some sort of timey-wimey, spacey see Okay. Maybe. What do you think? I really like that. You mentioned that earlier, that you thought that this image of John was was like his confusion in purgatory. Well,
0: that's how it keyed for me. That's how it... uh, it looked to me from the first few moments of seeing him standing around like that. Yeah, uh, It was great. That, it's like, with the look of confusion on his face.
1: Um, this I really think... supports that because we have old John speaking to, uh, to Aaron directly, asking her to touch him. What are you talking about? Hmm. Touch me. Don't be afraid, girl. I, I ain't going to bite. Touch me. Remembered all, and saying that he remembers everything as if like if this is ghost John, then he 's gaining access to the memories of a lifetime that was lived outside of time, mm-hmm. that as he was living he couldn 't have remembered, but now that he 's dead, he can
0: possible and more like if i have to, after viewing the rest of the episode, I think mm-hmm. it 's more her memories, uh, especially the way well don 't don't could jump right towards the end, but
1: well, so you think that she's remembering the events of the locket somehow, oh. this, right? Despite the fact that that happened in a, yeah. in a sort of time loop that, that got
0: resolved. I mean, okay, like I'm I'm, I'm going to jump right to the end here anyway. Okay, because do it. The, the way she refuses to heed his call right at the end and then refuses to listen to the seer yeah. suggests to me that it was in her head. and Because she dismisses him as her own thoughts and yeah. that uh, tells him to go away. Our time is over, and then she refuses the the the, the offer that the seer makes to yes. make an actual attempt to. Uh, okay, but yeah, now,
1: we'll get there. Jump we'll right get to there. The- no, uh, there's a lot to discuss about this episode. It's, it's, it's a hugely. It's not a. It's not a divisive episode by any means. Everybody believes that you know this is a a, a masterpiece, certainly mm. on 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 behalf of Claudia Black. Despite the fact that it was a really tight production, they could only have one set. They had to do it in six days. Oh wow! Why, when you really think about it. Not much happens. It's a really thin or, or, or sort of narrow little episode. There's not a lot of subplots that go a lot of places. Most of it is Erin sitting in a hotel room remembering John and then people walk in on her. Yes. Right? That's the, that's mean, the majority yeah, of the episode. There,
0: there is the, the, the Talon's Command, there is the hotel room, and there is the plaza outside the hotel room. And that's it for locations.
1: Which, yeah, <laughs> which I bet is actually the same set. Like the ho- the hotel room and the and the plaza... Oh, yeah,
0: that's the, the hotel rooms roll off in a corner of the plaza or something like that. Yeah, or overlooking
1: it. I mean, the, yeah. the hotel room would need to be raised in order to have those beams shining up yeah, and, good point. And, and people yeah. to fall down.
0: Yeah. But, yes, uh, she decides to go a wandering and she meets with the person that is supposedly going to be able to get her into contact. Oh, no, he wanders into a room, that's it.
1: Oh, I was so close. When, when you said she goes a wandering, I... Ah, oh, there it is. I'll go no more (laughs) a-roving. Remember, that was his song? It was. And she meets this weirdo. Yeah, so he's got a half-insectoid face, half-human. Apparently he's the one who can get her in touch with her dead father, and then he reveals... If I may ask, what business
0: have you with Talat Lichak?
1: I was his daughter. (sighs)
0: So... Can you contact him? I can
1: do more than that. I am Talon Lee He claims he had sort of genetic surgery to alter Changes his appearance. Face. Yeah, he could have gone
0: for a little bit more uniform look, I guess. But
1: yeah, I think he's like halfway through the process. It's, like it's a it's a slow it's, genetic uh, oh, uh, transformation. Well,
0: it's taken twenty uh, cycles, so yeah. So far, I mean. Oh yeah, that, you're right. Yeah, you know, huh. it's not something that he would have uh, stuck around uh, quite uh, with so long.
1: No, or maybe he could only afford half. <laughs> it's not how genetics work, isn't it? I don't think so. Okay, so <laughs> how would how does it go when you when you have your genetic structure altered? Well, why would it work on only half your face?
0: Why would it work on everything at once? Because gen- genes like they spread throughout your body. That's like you know, it's not like you buy half a pair of trousers. It's like your genetic code is kind of uniform throughout your body so if you modify it
1: is it it's not there are cells in your brains that 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 have like significant genetic variations compared to one another turns out like dna is not so so consistent and also like sorry i'm i'm coming at you pretty hard but we have yes. no idea how their their genetic science works like it no. might be a pill that you swallow and if it gets stuck in your neck well you get two necks now <clears throat> Hey, tell me that that's wild for FarScape. Tell me that that would never happen in FarScape. I'm, it might be a it might be a hox gene thing. What's uh, a hox gene? Oh, that's the, the those are the those are like very very primal genes that determine body shape. Oh, yeah. like in 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 insects. As I understand it, arthropod insects are all like oh, uh, genetically like millipedes, right?
0: Right. Yes, they have all basically uh, each segment, segment, with, legs, segment yeah. with
1: legs, segment with legs, segment with legs, and then. Different ones are sort of adapted, and it's the Hox genes that do that. It's the mm-hmm. Hox genes that overrides the the segment for and 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 legs to become antenna or or mandibles. Mm-hmm. And if it, through some uh, earth based genetic manipulation, like you remove or alter those Hox genes, then you can birth uh, like a grasshopper with legs instead of mouth parts and legs instead of antenna, because that's basically what they right. originally are. Yeah,
0: interesting. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to our yes, planet yes. of gloom.
1: Uh,
0: Stark and Rigel are going down on the planet to try and find Eren. They go to the one place where uh, everybody goes to on the planet when you go down to the planet. Yes, although I mean, Although uh, Rigel does do a little hand-waving of that.
1: We've been all over this stinking city. Now we're in some kind of knacky hotel. Starks meeting every cousin and fur body ever knew. It's a planet of Starks down here. So apparently they have been searching for quite a bit. But it is the one bar on the planet that you go to and ask around. Have you seen this one? Oh, no, it's not on this planet then. Although,
0: again, uh, later on there's a reference to, oh, well, no, she might be in the hotel on the other side of the city.
1: Oh, we're not going to go all (laughs) the way there. (laughs) Yes,
0: but after I've been (laughs) all over the planet, but yeah.
1: Speaking of all the way there, I love Rigel moving through a crowd Mm. because... We know that there are five people ducking underneath. Scurrying around. Right? And all of these people in the foreground and the background and the sort of objects all around, all of that is just to hide that there's five pretty tall dudes. operating this little puppet. Maybe they,
0: they had a trench or something like that for them to move through, as you often do with puppeteers.
1: Oh, yeah, good point.
0: But, uh, yeah, he gets accosted by the same bloody-eyed person. Or is that later? Uh, no, it's the, right here. Yeah. You're
1: right, you're right. And this person says, Oh, uh, I can put you in touch with the dead. You must pay me. I'll, t- I'll tell you who your, your, your fortune, but you must pay me.
0: And then he throws a name at her, him,
1: apparently of a long-dead lover of his. Keller. A name that we haven't heard before, I don't think, but it freezes Rigel in his tracks because he's probably never talked uh, about her to anyone. Unlikely, yes. It's probably hundreds of cycles ago. Definitely. And this mystic says, oh, she forgives you and she, she knows that you can, like, all of these details are being thrown at him. And It definitely old, unsettles him. Yeah. I do, I do sort of respect that he still rejects him.
0: Oh, of course. I mean, Rigel's way too pragmatic to fall for some uh, peddler of uh, weird schemes like that. Even though it is information that he couldn't uh, possibly know, yeah. he's now like, okay, something's on. I'm not going to fall for that.
1: Yeah. So they're scurrying around looking for uh, Aaron, and oh, we pass a familiar face. Did you recognize her? Oh yes. Well, uh, Aaron's mother. Yeah. And uh, did you recognize her in this uh, in this little? F- oh yeah. It's mean, yeah, almost yeah. blinking. You'll miss it. Really. Oh, yeah. Oh, good on you. I hadn't recognized her at all, even, even knowing that she'd be in there. Meanwhile,
0: Erin is talking to her father, who is trying to prove the fact that she, he is, in fact, her father by using a genetic test or a blood test uh, sample. Alt, yeah. Uh, and I'm sitting there like, yeah, that couldn't be faked at all. Right. Because, I mean, the only way that couldn't be faked is if she knows what her own profile looks like. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just like, oh, just like scan the same thing twice. So, yeah, I'm sitting it does here, like, it's a scan. Like, on, on a scan. him and
1: print out, and she does a exactly. scan and just print out, and oh, my God, they match. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Oh, you
0: could do this a 100 times and it would still match. And it's like, yeah, cotton, it just screams Cotton Man at this point.
1: What did you think was going through Aaron's head?
0: Oh, probably the same, that she's just, like, uh, just sitting there going, like, okay, I wonder what this guy's angle is.
1: Yeah. Because even knowing what we know at the end that she never believed that it was uh, that it was her father, you kind of get that in the moment. In the moment, you see her like she's not taking it very ser- seriously. Mm-hmm. I guess it's the sort of entertainment value of like palm readers or tarot readers, right? A uh, uh, good ones, I mean, you know, because a, a good one will take your money mm. and will give you a little boost of of confidence in return. What
0: they think you want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. But but not like
1: promise anything false or not like introduce any more danger. Like that is a sort of entertainment slash therapeutic value that people like that or you know practitioners of those skills can uh, can offer, which is totally valid to indulge.
0: Right? Mm, It's like as long as you doesn't go into unhealthy territory.
1: But it's sort of like buying a lottery ticket. You don't buy a lottery ticket for the, the millions and millions of... You buy it for just the indulgence of the little fantasy. Right. And you, no. have, a, you have a few days where you can sort of imagine what it would be like. And that's, well, that's worth a bit of money. Yep. But, uh, yeah, she's... Like, look at her face. She's not buying it. No. her Her performance throughout this, we've got, to, we've got to say it, is absolutely incredible. Oh, Fantastic.
0: The previous episode as well. I mean, yeah. she, they were leaning very heavily on uh, Claudia Black's uh, uh, acting talent here.
1: Especially because it's so reserved. It's so internalised. You really have to work to sort of figure out what's mm. what's going through her mind. Because she's... it. She could have been a blubbering mess. Right. And, and it would have been valid. And there
0: could just be a lot of wistful staring. Uh, but that wouldn't be hardly as uh, interesting as uh, what she does here.
1: Yeah, the the director Rowan Woods in one of the commentary tracks on this episode talks about just how how astonishing Claudia is and how she really does her homework. He says, like she spends weeks preparing for these episodes. In her commentary track, she corrects him. So no, uh, <laughs> I procrastinate for weeks and then I oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. She's much more like us in that yeah. regard.
0: <laughs> Uh, but you can do you can you can make an hour's work last uh, eight or you can make do eight hours' work in an hour depending on that depending on the need yes,
1: but she like he's astonished at how she uh, she plays against expectations, and it's not just to do something different than what people expect because it would have been entirely valid for her to be teary and you know because she had that mm. moment at the end when when John had just died but these these radical decisions to instead keep. Everyone at a distance. In an episode that's all about her character, and then her character's completely inaccessible. Hmm. And it's such a I bold mean, move.
0: Yes, but that is actually very much in character for Aaron. Yep. Like, she's going back to her, the the closed-off person that she was at the beginning.
1: Yep, that's what's protected her her entire life. Yep,
0: And she'd opened up to John, and now
1: John's gone, so it's
0: like back into the old ways.
1: Yeah, because she doesn't... Uh, she doesn't give up. Like, she she comes close to, to contemplating suicide here. I can't believe that was that was ever real for her.
0: No, I, I would say not, no. I mean, it's something that might have crossed her mind, but then probably fairly quickly dismissed. And the fact that she had the thought probably steeled her belief that she had to just go on ahead. And I think that's very much shown again in the last scene, where she just, like, John beckons her and tries to get her to come back and then she goes like no go away I'm I'm moving on
1: even when that choice is I mean it leads away from happiness for her Mm. right even if her choice which is to become a soldier again and to uh, return to uh, the life that I mean she was finally growing out of but it's still better than giving up because that's just not something she does
0: Well, at one point in the, during one of the scenes, she like, says, like, okay, this is my home now. She, so she makes it look like she's going to li- stay here and live here. Oh, yeah. Probably, presumably to be able to be around John's ghost. But in the end, that's she decides true. that that's not what's going to happen. But Rigel and Stark, in the meanwhile, are still trying to find... Um, I was going to say Claudia, but I mean Aaron, of course. Uh,
1: <laughs> I warned you that this planet had dark powers. You're full of yachts. This
0: whole place is full of yachts. The Stark is leaning over the table of some sort of uh, guy, whom I'm not sure if he was uh, the albi- riff- if he was the albino <laughs> from uh, the Princess
1: Bride or riff from Rocky
0: Horror Picture Show. It's like one of the two, <laughs> maybe both,
1: because he shows off his security system, which is these spikes that come out of the out of the desk, yes. uh, which is uh, protection and mutilation in one. <laughs> oh,
0: very useful. Apparently, he's a dead body merchant.
1: Are you here to buy dead bodies? You've got to outbid him. He buys all his from me. Yeah, there's a there's a Diagnoson in the background who apparently gets his corpses very fresh. Yes, what? from him only. I, f-
0: he only buys from me.
1: <laughs> I wonder if that's supposed to be our like. Oh no, Diagnoson! Did they die?
0: The Diagnoson on the ice planet died. Yes, It was killed by Scorpius.
1: Yes. Did they though?
0: Yes. Yes, very much so. Scorpius. They took the mask off and then.
1: Yes, but Grunschlich came back with another diagnosis later, right? Right. But, you know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, there's a little bit
0: of talking. I love the the interaction between uh, Stark and Rigel here when, just like, Stark just grabs Rigel's hand and squeezes it very hard whenever he says something that he doesn't
1: want him to say. And he says it anyway. And he says it, well, it's Rigel, of course. Yes. Yeah. I love this 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 hotel guy. He is so unhelpful. Well no, he's the one who tells him
0: that unless you try it on the hotel on the other side of the city.
1: Yeah. He knows Aaron's there. He knows that there's a sebation there. That's his hotel that that she is oh, yeah, in. Of course, and he yes. sends them off anyway.
0: Presumably uh- because he's in cahoots with Aaron's mom. But
1: as are a lot of people. That's what they discover when they turn a corner and Stark is saying, oh, please don't see us, please don't see us, please don't see us. And Rigel thinks that he's seeing more hallucinations mm. of Zan because he's been hearing Zan's voice. Yes,
0: he's been trying to follow Zan's voice and find her. But no, it's Aron's mum stabbing the bloody-eyed guy because yeah. he has served his purpose and now he's
1: dead. She's paid him a lot of money. She's paid all of them a lot of money. Uh, apparently, like, bribing or or hiring a lot of these people to run a oh, scam. Yes. And his sort of greed in going up after the slug, as she calls Rigel, mm. gets him stabbed with one of those spacey sci-fi knives. Yeah,
0: I've seen worse. I mean, the one that Aaron holds is worse, because that's like a, one straight edge and one curved edge. And this is just like a, almost a Klingon-esque blade that she's holding.
1: I know. It's got so many, like, burrs. And bang yeah. it. it's, it's, it's the kind of thing that one buys at a Ren fair when, when one's had a 14. bit of mead. Yes. yes.
0: <laughs> Having seen this, Rigel and uh, Stark immediately go back to Moya, and next we see Crace being pinned down with a uh, gun under his chin, being interrogated by Stark. A very pissed off Stark.
1: Kratom was right. You never killed Zalax with them off me! Let me up! The only time we're letting you up is when we flush you out the air. Lo- what happened to Zalax? Tell us! Let me up! Very impressive that they're able to overcome and pin down Kreis on the command of Talon, where there's yes. normally defences? You'd think so, yes. But yeah, the question is, why is Alex alive? Yeah,
0: we saw her, so you did betray us. And Crazy was like, well, I, I cut a deal. You know, she was going to... So apparently, yeah, if he'd killed her, they were going to sell another retrieval squad and another and another and another. Yep. But uh, now he made a deal with her that he would let her live and in exchange she would be
1: exiled
0: and they would tell her that she... I'm not entirely sure yeah. what what the benefit for her was in this. Exactly,
1: but, she but, gets her life. Yeah. What makes you think she's interested in her life in that in that whole episode that you've that you've seen? Yeah. You were there, so yeah. Come on, Chris, that was weak sauce. Did you did you really think she'd keep her word? Yeah. Or, but again, like, what is going on? Like, why is
0: she here? Is the, has she been following them? How did she end up on this planet? How she had time to? I mean, we don't know how long Aaron's been there. But I mean, it takes some time to set up a scam like this that she's
1: been running. So yeah. either she, maybe she followed them. We don't know. Oh, she, she must s- have done. Yeah. The alternative is that Grace is still in cahoots with her now. Right. But that doesn't that doesn't seem like there's anything in it for for either of them. No, but it does make it
0: weird. So
1: right, we'll he, f- wouldn't, he wouldn't conspire against against Aaron. Or would he? Or would he? Oh, <laughs> oh. See, now you're thinking with Farscape.
0: <laughs> well, he probably wouldn't. He's still trying to get into her pants, I suppose. Yeah. Um,
1: As is Stark in his own creepy way. He
0: is, he is. Aaron is meanwhile talking to her dad, quote unquote.
1: Yes, who says that he'll return with uh, with someone at the fall of the moon to, yes. once again, like, visit her in her to- hotel room with someone else who will... Put him in her in touch with Crichton. I think is the prom, promise.
0: Yes, she goes to talk to Riff and <laughs> extract some information from him.
1: Yes, she wants to know what the deal is with Talon, whether she's seen whether yes. he's seen him around, and she has to bribe him with a few of those Brandar tiles. Mm-hmm. Handy that when when the crew split up, they each got their money back with them. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a useful resource to have. And nothing conclusive. No, he's been around for a few cycles. I don't know. We're all uh, all hiding here. So, yeah, he's also on the pay, of
0: course. But Stark, in the meantime, helps a a dying woman, I think it is, to pass on to the next life.
1: Yes, which gains him the intelligence that uh, Aaron is here Mm. uh, in the neighbourhood. A salvation woman has been seen. There's a fun bit of arguing because Crace, at this point is in cuffs and he would like to not be in cuffs. (laughs) Yes. Get these off me. (laughs) You're not a child like he is. How can I help you if I'm cuffed? Oh, you'll help. If someone starts shooting, you'll make a very good shield. (laughs) Uh,
0: He's definitely outside the circle of trust again.
1: And when the circle of trust is Stark and Rigel, you're in trouble. (laughs) Aaron grabs some bottles of Philip nectar. So, yeah, I I was wondering about that. Because, like, that scene
0: with uh, Riff is over very quickly. It's like he kind of looks over to those bottles and goes like, oh, it looks like someone needs some Philip nectar. And then she kind of agrees. And just like that whole train of conversation that they've been having just is immediately cut off. She wanders off. And that that I thought that ended way too abruptly.
1: Yeah. If she was in a sort of right state of mind. Uh,
0: fair point. Yeah. No,
1: but I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Like it, it was a really weird end and it was really kind of jarring. And I feel that sort of shows that Erin is really impulsive at this point. She's not her strategic self mm. and she's somewhat hedonistic as well. The appeal of not just like indulging in some alcohol, but specifically like that, that lets her wallow in her memories of John.
0: That is a very good point because that's exactly what happens after she sees an, a couple kissing. Then it immediately cuts to a memory of her and John kissing, even as she uh, wanders into her apartment with her drink.
1: Yeah. There's a there's a flashback to, uh, I mean, there, the, the first time that I got it on, which was in the flax, mm-hmm. in the sort of high-oxygen or low-oxygen environment. Yeah. Then some proper kissing. I can't exactly place the episode, but it's definitely like season two or season three, judging by John's sideburns. <laughs> and she walks into her room, and she finds John in his white tank top and jeans. When well, it was still white, so this must be season one. <laughs> Season one, once again, uh, a human reaction mm. to what he was wearing the first time that they, they actually spent the night together and, and, and made love, I think is yeah. fair to say at that point. Recreated. I think they've recreated <laughs> before. I think that's oh, what they did okay. in the, in the, in, in the flax, but this was... Right. This is
0: rudely interrupted as Stark finally manages to locate uh, Aaron's uh, room and shows up with Grace. Yeah, she asked. He asks if they can come in. He threatens to shoot Crace, and which actually causes her to come out rather than invite them in.
1: You look terrible. What have you been doing? You, you've been Mister. Serious. Thing. We need to talk. Can I come in? She's so in control of this of this scene. Everybody wants her. A, a, yeah, wants in in the the sort of mental, emotional, uh, a trust sense of the word. Yes, they want to be embraced by her, and included in what she's going through, and she's keeping everyone including all their drama. Yeah. at a at a distance even as she as she walks out like oh they're out of each I I guess again.
0: walking out of the room is actually a good metaphor for like not letting the, her into her mind which yeah. is what the room really is.
1: Yes. That's a really good point. Because she steps out and she uh, first confronts Grace very bluntly on yeah. his... Yeah. Oh, you
0: still want me, don't you? And yeah. she gets almost like sexy with him.
1: She, yeah. She's sort of uh, torments and challenges and invites him at the same time whereas she keeps Stark well away please don't touch me it's such a it's such a harsh moment because just that moment he's saying to her that you know you've got to come back I would like to take care of you and she says that would be nice and then immediately don't touch me Mm. and then she turns on him as well and she tells him you know what makes you so much worse is that you think you're so much better than
0: him yeah (laughs) harsh but fair (laughs)
1: and oh god like this this is something that a lot of people and certainly a lot of a lot of young women i'm sure have gone through that all of these people fawning over them and maybe like not doing such a good job as they think at keeping it secret mm. and then having to live with that having to live with somebody who's creeping on you and tolerating it to spare their feelings and then eventually having to confront them no i know that you're a creeper yeah Ugh. And you 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 can't have that illusion anymore that you're a good guy who's just uh,
0: and she leaves them both yep leaves them in the hallway.
1: Rigel gets accosted by another weird person yeah it just sort of screams something in a in a in an incomprehensible language yeah kind of bumps into Talon
0: who is carrying a weirdly shaped box and then he goes to confer with Aaron's mom, with whose name I keep forgetting. Zalax. 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 Oh, no, wait. <laughs> I because he's
1: that. he's reporting on his progress yes. so far, and he's in cahoots with her, and it's a scheme.
0: Yes, so here I'm thinking they're clearly in cahoots with her, but, like, is she? Is he his husband still? Like, is it actually for real? They kind of leave it
1: hanging here,
0: yeah. whether or not it, it is him. Yes, uh, right?
1: Because even though it's, yeah, it's a scheme, it might still be actual her dad. Yes, because the universe is that small. Notice all the, all the tight close-ups on Linda Cropper because, like, at this point, uh, the costume department gave her this this really messed-up wig with mm-hmm. alopecia. They wanted to suggest that she'd alopecia. been through a war. Alopecia is a condition where uh, a certain parts of your hair fall out. Oh, right, yes. right. And, so and she kind of has this, like, what looks like massive scarring on the side of her neck. Which she had already. Like, a, oh, lot, okay. of, a lot of that she had. But, yeah, she's been through the, the ringer. But the director didn't know that. And so oh. he was actually trying to shoot around the sort of messed up hair because she's a beautiful woman and a very respected actress is, uh, is Linda Cropper. Until, like, after the second day of shooting, it was Claudia who sort of mentioned it, like, you know that she's supposed to look like that, right? You know that's supposed to... Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> but yes, they have a little uh, head-to-head and Talon says, like, oh, well, this will take care of her. Yes, and
1: don't miss. Yeah. Which... That, that even come back? Okay. Yes, it did. We'll get there. Okay. Yep. Because back up in the room, Erin is, I think this is the closest that she's, yes. she's come to she's actually She's
0: standing out on the ledge, looking down at the uh, traffic below, and it's quite high up.
1: Yelling Crichton's name, yeah, the imagery is beautiful. It's this uh, it's this Blade Runner planet that's yes. full of smog and cars and neon lights and those searchlights. It's amazing.
0: And, in fact, as she's standing there, Crichton does kind of come back because he's back in his uh, tank top and he's sitting there and we get this really weird scene yeah. where she moves in on him and starts to kiss him, but then they swap places and then she's sitting there in a white top, and he's he's like kissing her shoulder and moving in closer, and it swaps back and forth a few times.
1: It's brilliant. Those are those are flashbacks from uh, a human reaction. Yeah. So this is the scene from a human reaction where she's sitting there drinking beer, mm. and he leans in and, and nuzzles her and shows his affection to her, and she returns and like that's the the first time they became really close, and like her sort of vision of the day, it's sort of reversed. He's sitting on the other side and she's the one yes. who's leaning in. She's the one who's giving in to to her need for him, in spite of her depression and, and being closed off. It's it's absolutely remarkable. And
0: then as it comes to the kiss, she turns out to be just drunkenly nuzzling up against the windowsill.
1: Oh God. And she grabs another bottle. Yep. So I, I, this is
0: yeah what kind of cemented in my head that the John we are seeing in the apartment is just in her head. It's not a, he's not an actual ghost, right? Yeah, it's just her memory of him, her projections, and so yes, it's it's really fascinating oh, though, isn't it? Brilliant.
1: And uh, then Rital comes out. Yes, up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's a bit like uncomfortable being so high up in his throne sled.
1: oh, uh, oh, 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 oh. please, could we go inside? This height <laughs> You're not going in there. Huh? It's a useful little thing to have. Yeah. Yeah, his... Uh, oh, God. When he when he catches an updraft, like one of his moustaches and 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 eyebrows get tangled up together. Yes,
0: it's, it's fantastic how his uh, hair gets blown out of place. Uh, he's basically pleading with her to uh, come back, if he can come in too, which, she,
1: again, she is. He is not allowed inside either. Yeah. And he very explicitly talks to her... Ryder usually the Doctor Smith of the series. You know, from right. Lost in Space, he's a menace and a schemer and bringing out the worst in people, which is, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. But those moments where he's one of the wiser people, there he's been around the block for a while. He's been mm-hmm. he's had his heart broken many times. He's been wounded many times, and that's where a lot of his knowledge comes from. So he's actually able to speak to to her at a level of like he doesn't just want her to come back. He wants her not to harm herself because yeah. that's that's not worth it. And he talks about his own experience with loss, with Calor, that he was he just was reminded, reminded of.
0: Yes, he, he tried to forget
1: about her for a long
0: time again, I think. Yeah. Which kind of leads into what you said last time about him to, uh, telling John that uh, it'll be hard not to think about you. Oh, is- wow, yes. <laughs> wow. He's going to. He's like he's going to try not to, but he he will.
1: Yeah. And she sent him away yes
0: she t- he can't come in and she tells him to go away because at that point Talon shows up with yeah this like pot Sarcophagus. Shaped, yeah. it's kind of like light bulb shape but a lot bigger than that uh and he puts it on the table and it opens up like almost like the canopy of a fighter jet. Oh yeah. And inside we have indeed the, the mutant from Total
1: Recall basically. It's Quato. Uh, Qu- yes <laughs> that's his name yes. I think one of the original like sort of sketches and designs between the director and Dave Elsie the head of the creature shop mm-hmm. was that it was going to be like a human head and that he you know someone would set it down and then open it up and then there'd be a dude who'd be you know, stuck under the table yes. and it would be a severed head doing the, the talking and Dave says no I'll do something even more fun but Just just trust me, just trust me. (laughs) And this moment when it opens up, that was the first time that uh, Claudia Black actually saw it. So I heard sort of like applauding, (laughs) like, wow. (laughs) Yes, it's a bit of a creeper as well. Uh, 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 Soft, touch me, soft. Yeah, voice of puppeteer Mario Havulis. The first time that his sort of voice was there used, which turned out Excellent. Like, the lip-syncing is incredible. Well, that's... It's
0: easy if you let if you let the puppeteer do that. Because yeah, That's, that's yeah, what yeah. they do.
1: <laughs> really high-quality work. Yeah, they, they they went for... It's a mutant baby, and they went for imagery based on survivors of thalidomide. Oh, yes. The uh, medication that turned Moist out to produce... skin, tiny little hands, four eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and Claudia talked about how Dave Elsie, like... His least favorite responsibility as head of the uh, creature department was ordering year supplies of KY every J, week. J. Lou. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's such a modest man.
0: <laughs> and yes, he like after she touches him for a little bit, there's a uh, suddenly a light up, and we get a, a clamshell prediction in the top part of the shell that he's uh, and it's John
1: who says, "You have to find me. You have to." Yes. Now. I know that there's a lot of opinions about, like, what the different Johns in this episode are. I am firmly convinced that this one is a fake. Yes. That that this seer, this seer is a huckster and a, right. and, it, and a fake. He pretty much admits to it at the end, where he says, the other thing we did might have been a
0: little bit tweaked, but we can do a real one. We yeah. might be able to do a real one. So, yeah, this was fake. This was
1: planted by Xanax. And even after the end, I think he's still full of shit. I think he's still Ooh, well, Ooh, yep.
0: The, okay, that the, I'm not saying he's not, but he might be for real. I don't know.
1: It's see that's yeah. the that's the art of of psychics, mm-hmm. right? Of of sort oh, of, of sideshow yeah. psychics like this is simulating because yeah, like everything he says to her is is cold reading, right? He teases her with oh uh, you you seek someone, uh, someone you loved, someone who touched you softly, yes. which is a. Technique that, that people oh, use yeah. to glean information while uh, seeming to provide it, but yeah, this is incredibly distressing. And now Talon has his hooks in Errand because he says, "Okay, well, what the Seer Creases, as he as he's known, says is we need a being called the Centaur who can sometimes transform spirits into flesh."
0: Yes, and she's like, I don't know, I don't think she's buying it. Like she
1: considers it for a moment, but she's not buying it. Yeah. It's it's that what I'm reading here, and it's just my reading, is she enjoyed indulging this mm-hmm. because it you know it gives you the pleasure of imagining it like a lottery ticket, and now she's being offered the same rush, which is oh the hope of the centaur, and now she can't enjoy it as much, and she's sort of disappointed that mm. even when she's indulging it, it's not giving him the same sort of comfort and, and and pleasure, right?
0: Whereas she just goes for a lie down, uh, presumably tells talent tell to GTFO.
1: No, oh, she tells him to, all right, arrange uh, it, but uh, yeah. she, she she lies down and Indulge, her memory yes. of John turns and for a moment it's uh, uh, flashing back to the flax mm-hmm. and enjoying that that passion. That memory. More flashing back to lovemaking. I mean, this must be for... Oh, you know, and
0: then we get the first like scene where they're both in their suits and yeah. ripping them off. <laughs> Well, ripping is a good thing because her fantasies get rudely disturbed by the arrival of her mother yeah. into the apartment. Bit um,
1: of pointing, Yes, and Erin <sighs> doesn't even look that surprised. Even before that, she's taunted, stark and crazed with, oh, you'll never guess who I've been seeing. Yeah. No, no your mum's really here. Yeah, 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 so's Crichton, so's my dad. <laughs> it's a wild planet, this. And she's actually here... And Erin, I mean, she barely moves. She barely responds. I, there is a moment when, uh, as Alex tells her to sit down, where she looks down at the chair. And I think in that moment she was looking for her gun, which isn't there. Yeah, possible, yeah. Which, which mum remarks on. Soldier without her weapon, that's against regulations. Which is a bit of a weird
0: taunt because she knows very well that uh, she's no longer a soldier. And I noticed in this scene, like, mum was, like, exceptionally callous here. Yes. Quite different from the way she was on the planet of the vines. Yeah. How 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 do you see that? Oh, I'm not sure. I mean, she's probably pissed off at uh, what happened to her. Yeah. She pretty much is, uh, admits to because she apparently had to amputate her own leg, which really hurt because it got infected. Yeah. And, yeah, she's going mm. through a weird... I mean, she weird. found a replacement, clearly, because she's strutting around. Yeah, f- very much so. But let's get to that for in a moment, because first uh, she shoots Talon, or presume Talon.
1: Right. So yeah. Talon walks in, and here is a whole bit of sort of fake drama where he's right. offering his life. Shoot me and leave Aaron alone. That's something that they arranged. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure that he's wearing chest armor.
0: Right. I guess that would make that makes sense of the don't miss. Right. Right, yeah. But don't, then don't she changes the- her mind and you're yeah. too
1: ugly to be killed like this and she orders him to turn around and he and goes shoots him in the back. Alex. Yeah. Alex.
0: Shoots him in the back.
1: Yeah. Instead. So he is actually dead and yeah. yeah. Instead of just being uh, being fake dead and this is her tormenting Aaron. ...to relieve herself of her own torment, that she can enjoy her daughter's pain, which is so fucked up. Yes. There's a quite
0: a bit of a talk about history and how she explains that how the High Command gave her the choice to kill either her husband or her daughter but one of the ones should be sacrificed. Yep. And then everything would go back to normal. But no, it did not. Then High Command betrayed their promise and turned her into an assassin because they made her kill again and again and again. And she
1: cared less and less about it. And the- like these, these layers of, of Zalaxun are being sort of revealed just, just how much pain she's exercising in her pursuit of her daughter. Mm. Because she wanted to be a pilot, and she was a pilot, but then she became an assassin. Right, so she must also be envious of, of Aaron. Who got to have a career as a pilot? That's why right. she was born and but, bred. And, who also isn't a pilot anymore, but you know, and had something better. And it's only like they couldn't resolve that on uh, the planet of the vines because she still had John, and mm-hmm. Aaron had something that uh, that Alex could never have and desperately wanted. And now both of them are are related in their loss.
0: Yeah, I guess mum was jealous of her daughter's boyfriend.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> of her daughter having our boyfriend. That's what I mean, yes. yes, okay. She's <laughs> <Just> not furlough.
0: <laughs> furlough, wanted, so I wanted John so badly. Treacherous, treacherous furlough.
1: Yes. Oh, you broke my heart.
0: <laughs> so, speaking of breaking hearts, well threatening with instabination st- is uh, <laughs> Stark has pulled uh, Riff over the counter and uh, <laughs> literally and he's being interrogated and uh, Rigel threatens to uh, use the spikes on him.
1: Tell me again, how do you activate the security grill? No, no, long no, long no I don't press- touch that. Why? Will those speary things shoot up? Look, look, I had... To lie to you
0: if they don't uh, if he doesn't tell them what's up what's going on
1: well there's a secret elevator they can use. oh yes it just happens to go to the apartment that's that, uh, I put her isn't in. it uh, yes because there's apparently also like an army of mercenaries descending on the hotel Which I guess
0: that mom set up to
1: yes they provide they sort backup of... or something or kill everybody else we saw that she had some hired muscles from earlier on and that's that must be where she's what she's what she's got still and they're they're coming into the hotel. Grace asks to be de-handcuffed, and Rigel, yes. It takes him a minute, but once the
0: shooting starts properly, yes, he agrees, and yes, de-handcuff him. Turns out that Stark is actually pretty good at helping people pass over to the other side.
1: Uh, God, he's had enough. <laughs> yeah. He's a good shot. He's... <laughs> yeah. He's standing out in the open, and he's just one shot, one kill, over yep. and over again. Everybody and over. else,
0: all the mercenaries are missing left and right,
1: but Stark yeah. is just blasting them away. And, uh, he got some lessons from Zan, I, I think. Yes. Because Crace crumples up into the tiny little elevator under the desk, and I'd like to imagine that it's sort of like a pneumatic postal tube. <laughs> that he just faxes himself up to the 19th floor. Yeah, um, yes. As he pops, battles his way through some more of these, uh, these mercs, and approaches Aaron's hotel room, which he happens to know which one it is. Well, he was out there before. Grace. Oh yes, yes Chris. of was. course, yeah, of yeah. course he was
0: very good. Uh, meanwhile, mum and uh, daughter are still having a little heart to heart in the hotel room, and they stand there out on the balcony. Yes, uh, she well, actually. Erin stands there, her. and Erin invites mum.
1: Why don't you come out here a bit closer? It might make it easier for you. Here, you can't miss from here, unless you want to. This. Okay, so I've, I've I've remarked before on why uh, I thought that Zalax taunted Eren back on the Vine Planet mm-hmm. to make it easier for her daughter to kill her. Right, right? Yes. that was my reading, which yeah. not everyone agrees with. But I, it's like it's reinforced by this symmetry of of her daughter offering to make her death easier for her mum as mm. well. Right, this yeah. this bizarre connection. I don't think I really don't think that Eren wants to die. But she's, no, I don't think so either.
0: She wouldn't be bothered by dying at this point, but she doesn't want to die,
1: right? Because as a soldier, she's trained and she's confronted mortality in, mm. in a way that people generally don't. So there's that acceptance and like this connection with her mother. Yeah, it is the most powerful connection. She's the only one that she's let into her apartment. Yes, right. She, well, her dad Talon, as well, but yeah, yeah, under under pretenses, she didn't really. Yes, but. Yes, sort of the invitation to come out onto the balcony. That's yeah. We'll we'll do this together. We'll be
0: genuinely actually helps her put the gun up against her throat. And I love what she said
1: then. It's like you can't miss at this range unless you want to. Yeah. And I mean, what do you what do you think? Is she putting the weapon down? Would she? Would she? I think
0: she did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't think she would have gone ahead. But we never get to know because that's Crayce chooses this moment to burst in through the door and shoot Zanox.
1: Yep. I mean, he sees Zalax turn the gun on him. It's there's nothing else he could have done. No, and she dies in Aaron's arms.
0: Well, not quite.
1: Yeah, she can, yeah, good no, point. she uh, again she like we, have, we have the
0: same thing. It's like a mother again making it easier for her, and she goes, "Let's just just let go." And I think that's more not just in a physical, but also in a metaphorical way. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Very let, much yeah, so. let, uh, of, of letting her go, and yeah, she's mortally injured and. Zan oh sorry Zan (laughs) (laughs) she's she's mortally (laughs) it is the planet of the dead isn't it very good point yes but uh, Eren does indeed let her go and watches her fall down into the traffic and Thus ends Zalaxson. Yeah, no more Alex. Well, maybe, maybe she's still alive. like this. No, no,
1: I I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't. I don't genuinely believe that. No, uh, no it's, nobody did. There were fans on the forums, but ah, but you never know. She might have survived, and yeah, that would be that would undermine a really fantastic episode. Yes, yeah. it would. It would be a betrayal. Or uh, would it? No, it's, it? no, But no, it, but it's it not. But, but yes. it might be. But no. Back
0: to uh, Talon the ship this time. Yes, the true Talon. Right, where Stark has left a message because he is leaving, or at least he is staying. He's not coming back on Talon. He has something to do here. He's searching for the voice of Zahn and he needs to find things and do this. And he has left his
1: mask. Yeah.
0: You can see uh, Rigel fidgeting with it and curiously looking at it. And he tells them that they should take it to John.
1: Yep.
0: Because he'll know what to
1: do with it. Yes, and while we sort of await this mystery, this was because Paul Goddard was going to perform at the Royal Sydney Opera. Oh, okay, so they had to be off there for a week or so. Yes, (laughs) unfortunate timing, but so go the careers every now and again. Perform as what? oh i don't know i'll look it up i'll look it up because that's uh, that's certainly an interesting thing to know but yes uh has what can he do with it it's just setting up a new plot thread that i don't know whether i did the right thing telling you that sort of like peeking behind the curtain but i really kind of like that i like uh seat of the pants storytelling where Mm -hmm. one of your main characters says yeah i've got another job and it kind of can't wait and can can we ride around it Okay, then we kind of have to. I mean, because- we've we've kind of
0: seen this with uh, Stark before, like when when he, he first disappeared after the Aurora Chair episodes, and then a couple of episodes later, at the beginning of season two, I believe, he was suddenly back again uh, with information yes. about uh, Dargo's son.
1: Yeah,
0: he's well known to being able to go off and do something <laughs> and then find Moya again. Speaking of finding Moya, him believes he's located Moya. His long-range scans have detected. Leviathan transmissions from the Menon Nebula. Ah. Talon has received a signal. Yes. But then again, like, oh, that's quite a big distance because nebulas are generally not within galaxies. Like, they're they're things like they're galaxies in their own, right?
1: You're assuming that the Farscape writers know what a nebula is. Fair point. I mean, I I think it's very impressive that they generally talk about, like, galaxy and universe (laughs) quite well, but it's not that kind of... It might be something that looks like a nebula or uh, who knows.
0: And then we finally come to the final scene, which we've already talked about a few times during this uh, episode. <laughs> yeah. Where Erin is standing around. She's packed her bags. We've still got the she's freaky... She's her hair again? Yes. She, she looks completely... She's, she's Back she's in the She's wearing a tight, uh, tight suit. She's got her gun again. Yeah. Uh, and I note, immediately noticed that the freaky-ass desk lamp with the seer inside is still standing on the table. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, are we forgetting about this guy?
1: Yep. Because there's a, but there's, no, yeah. a, there's an image of John that, that appears and she speaks to him and she says she's going back to what she knows. She says that she could have genuinely changed. She might have been able to change if he'd lived.
0: Yes. And he asks her to come over and touch him again and she goes, no, go away. She rejects him. She yep. tells him to go it's away. It's time to go, I think she says. Yeah. Uh, Which, like, and then it, on feels, the next, yeah.
1: it feels like she's taken the advice that her mother gave to let go and she took that to the to to the extreme. Yes. Let go of absolutely everything.
0: And on the next sweep of the searchlight, John is gone.
1: And this is when when Quato, Seer Croesus, yes. makes another pitch. Like we could try again, and it could be real this time. And I think that's just Velcro. I think he's one of those one of those like bad sideshow psychics right. who abuses other people's emotional vulnerability and which is the the lowest thing you can do.
0: Yes. But her mind is made up. She resists his offer and she wanders out. And yeah, end of the episode
1: She gives me a woody. She gives you
0: the willies. Oh, oh I no. have not
1: thought at all Neither about lies. this yet. I just realised. Oh fuck! What are we gonna do? Oh well, okay. I
0: mean, I think Claudia Black's performance got uh, the 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 Woody's last time
1: round. I mean, that would be like, ah, oh, there's nothing else that comes close. I mean, it, that's pardon the vulgarity double woodies right. no but <laughs> no, right, I in, in in as much as that is the the highest honor that we can bestow on on any, i mean riffraff was was fun I, but i I, liked, I really liked rigel in this episode
0: he had a lot to do yeah he had a lot to do and he was actually properly useful it's like it almost seems like he's starting to care for his crewmates he's not he wasn't he wasn't sleazy he yeah. was helpful he was constructive he was active he clearly put himself at discomfort in order to talk to Aaron so I, I think yeah I mean
1: he, yes. he showed how much uh, value he places on the people yes, around so him so maybe
0: a bit of uh, Woody for Rigel as well oh,
1: <laughs> I like that
0: Willies. Ooh. I mean, Quato, is like he just looked, as in he actually generally gives me the willies, as in, oh. not that it, it was a bad performance. No, no, that no, he no, got like, it. would like, be very proud. Yes, I think so, yeah, that would be.
1: <laughs> so I guess you don't want to see a great big full page close up from the Creatures of Farscape book of...
0: Well, I'll look at it. But-
1: okay, <laughs> here it comes.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. It's like, yeah, almost like insect-like arms with a double, jo- no, chicken wing arms. That's, That's what it's it, like. right? It, it's chicken wing chicken arms. Chicken tandoori. Ah, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, yes. Oh, it looks fantastic. Am I allowed to flip the page? Is there more? Oh, uh, yes, the- you can flip one because
1: okay. uh, Talon Lichak is on the next one.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. There we go.
1: A, a, a truly fantastic makeup, that half insectoid sort of spider-like yeah, face, with it must like must
0: have been like t- taken forever to put on. And again, a lot of KY. Again, as you see, it
1: yeah, it's right,
0: just liberally slathered on there. And this mandible bit
1: coming out of the corner of his mouth. Yeah, it looks that like, looked like oh, that and must he could be still speak. Yes,
0: it's not his real mouth. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> if oh, I, I had is, a penny, this is fantastic. Yes,
1: right. Uh, well, thank you once again to our oh, yeah, uh, our supporters. Give, you haven't given Woody yet. Uh, uh no, no, sorry, Willie yet.
0: No, Willy's. Oh Will
1: yet. no, uh, well, for me it's gonna be it's gonna be Sear as well, but for uh, a different reason. I because I think he's he one the of sleazebag. the yeah, yeah. abusive, oh. manipulative, psychic pretenders, which is you know, abusing other people's grief. It's just my reading. I don't know whether, whether everybody's on board. Uh huh. I know that the writer and the director, like everybody was really crazy about about CR Creases and it was such a cool Oh it's a fantastic
0: character. It's just like, you know, not all fantastic characters are good characters, as in yeah, there, uh, sometimes sleazebags and bad guys are good characters. Yeah, there were
1: conversations had about bringing Sierra Creases on board and maybe as a oh. as a replacement for Stark during his a- opera tour. So. Or uh, <laughs> I, mean, I think Justin Monjo even joked about having a spin-off show. Oh wow! There was a little bit of envy about about Stark because Justin Monjo had proposed that uh, Crichton needed a cellmate in the in the yes. Aurora chair. Which was initially opposed and was later added, but that was in an episode. I mean, it was a different writer who who wrote that, so he got the credit for this, the credit and the residual royalties for this character any time that he appeared, oh. which was Stark. Yes. So even though it was just Monjo's idea, he didn't get the uh, the royalties on it. And so, uh, oh, that's yeah. I'm sure he wouldn't have minded if this character that he created, Seer Creases, also became a thing. Or had his own little spin-off going around the universe. Yeah, writing wrong. All right. And that's the story so far, Scape. Please join
0: us uh, in two weeks' time for episode 318, Fractures, in which a group of escaped prisoners come aboard Moya, followed shortly by Aaron, Kreis, and Rigel, who have finally
1: returned from Tallinn. Uh, With Tallinn, I hope, but oh. (laughs) Yeah. I decided to give you a little treat and, like, not do another teasing one, this is and and to just say exactly what it says on the tin. Okay. Back to the roots of Farscape, some escaped prisoners on a on a ship, a living ship. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thank you to all of our listeners for sending in your fantastic synopses. We've got a, we got a whole bunch. We absolutely love reading them. If you want to send in a synopsis of your own or you want to uh, help us out, keep the lights on here at SoFarscape Studios, or you want to send us some fanfic, we've really been enjoying some of the fanfictions that uh, that have been sent to us, please make sure they're safe for K. Check them for spoilers. Yes. Up to the episode, you know who I'm talking to. You know who you are. <laughs> And please send them to us. You can find the links to all of that at sofarscape.com slash links. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. So, so Farscape far So Good. good.